surround yourself with people that want you to grow. Even listening to motivational speeches, I know it sounds a little bit lame, but they work. Improving constantly, I think, is my main motto in life. I learned everything from scratch, really, and I asked for a lot of help. Hi, and welcome to The Access Show. It's the place where you can find life facts on how to become the best version of yourself and achieve your goals. We show you how to walk the talk from successful people. And today we have Kate here. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. So do you want to give us a quick overview of what you do for the viewers? Um, sure. Yeah, I'm Kate, Kate Brauch. Um, I'm an entrepreneur. I own two companies. Uh, I'm a pilot, private pilot, um, a podcast host and animal rights activist. Um, I'm doing this call from New York and that's where my companies are based too. And yeah. So you were already like in the, in the entrepreneur's business and all that, or is this something you kind of fell upon? Yeah, I fell into it actually, because mm -hmm. I was, um, the thing I started with was dance. I did contemporary ballet until I was 23, mm -hmm. now 28. And um, that's what my life was all about from the age of three. So that was my main focus. And then all of a sudden um, it started with a trip to Bhutan, which is uh, a country in Asia. Um, and I came there and I just, it was such a beautiful and inspiring country. Um, it's Buddhist, you know, they have all these values that I've never, you know, felt before. And I'm not really an energetic or like floaty person, oh. but when I landed in Bhutan, I felt the energy <laughs> and I don't like using that word a lot, but yeah. I've just felt that this was a special country. And the more I learned about the country, the more I knew that it was. So I wanted to take something from that country to the West because I felt like we could learn a lot from that country. Um, and that's when my first company was born. So that's where the switch from dance to entrepreneurship started. Mm -hmm. And about that switch, how did it, or uh, did, you, did you jump into it, you know, both feet in it and did you leave dance behind or did you try and keep both worlds alive and how does that work now? Yeah, so I'm definitely still dancing. I mean, now it's a little bit tricky with COVID, right? But um, I did it, you know, side by side. I still dance to keep my body into shape and it's it's been a part of me since so for so long. So that will never leave me. Um, but I think it was a gradual, you know, the shift was gradual. I think. And are there principles from ballet that you can now use in your in your business? Yeah, actually, yeah. I mean, great question. There are a lot of things that you would think, okay, one is very creative, it's the art world, and the other is a much more sort of left brain um, uh, thing. But actually, I think being able, because in dance, you have to be in a studio, right? All day, you have to work as hard as you can. The competition is really hard. Um, it's a discipline that you have to dedicate your life to. So I was already used to that kind of intensity, mm. and I kind of shifted that from dance to, you know all the other things I, I'm doing now so so you had to like learn everything like all the principles about business how to create a company and all that to be able to get your company starting and all that or did you had already like some basics and no I, I, knew, I knew nothing yeah I, knew, yeah, I just I, looking back at it now I think what you know the fact that I was I thought I would be able to do it mm -hmm. kind of came out of nothing because my parents are or my family is you know, everyone is either an artist or they work with their hands, you know, crafts or they're nurses. So nobody really was in business. You know, it was quite a low income family. So he wasn't used to, you know, people building companies or even dealing with finances. So I learned everything from scratch really. And I asked for a lot of help mm. and 
got that help. So, so did you get like mentors and all that to to get started, or people helping you like? Yeah, I guess you're like asking for advice on the street in New York, or <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, <laughs> give me some advice. No, yeah, I definitely had mentors, people close to me that gave me advice. And then a while ago, I started this podcast, which which really helped me because I tend to only found sort of male mentors, but I really wanted to, to meet people, women that I would aspire to and who were my role models. So I started the Pivotal Moment podcast, which is a podcast that covers, you know, every episode covers the life of a, um, you know, of an exceptional women entrepreneur. And now it's also, it's actually also uh, uh, spreading out a little bit because I have a very cool guest on the 16th, which is uh, Karen Dunn. And she's the senior advisor, was the senior advisor of Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. And she did the presi presidential debate prep for uh, President Obama, for Kamala Harris, and also Hillary Clinton. So being able to be so close with, I mean, what you guys do, right? You want to be able to feel that energy. And I wanted yeah. to talk to powerful and inspiring and stimulating women that love their work. And I want to see how they formulate sentences and I see how they think and see how they, you know, how they process things mm -hmm. and kind of adopt that in a way, right? <laughs> so um, I forgot the question, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> me too, me too. Like. <laughs> <laughs> going on my own route so <laughs> i do that just stop me hey, it's the point no worries <laughs> and speaking of this uh you know talking with these inspiring people and just getting something uh from their 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 minds and inspiring yourself how do you on a day-to-day -day basis keep yourself motivated or get inspired do you have like rituals that you do or something to, to keep that flame going um I mean, I stay pretty motivated. <laughs> I'm a pretty motivated person, so I keep, you know, keep track of. When I lose it, you know, there are days that you think, "What am I doing?" Um, I tend to listen to, um, so for example, or think about what people have said on these podcasts, or mm -hmm. go to YouTube and listen to people I think are very interesting and did a great job and be inspired by them. I mean, even listening to motivational speeches. I know it sounds a little bit lame, but they work, right? <laughs> so um, I have I don't have rituals per se. I mean, I eat the same breakfast every day. That's a ritual. Yeah. I tend to <laughs> um, uh, I tend to plan ahead yeah. a lot, so I know exactly what I'm going to do every day, yeah. and that keeps me from not panicking or thinking, "Oh, am I on the right path?" Yeah. Um, so that would be a yeah ritual, I think. Yeah. And speaking of planning, how do you? set your goals do you use like a certain i don't know a certain template to do so um so i mean that's an interesting question because i think something i started with when i because i i have my pilot's license mm -hmm. and something i started with um after i started flying there are two two elements is actually long-term planning but yeah. when i say long i mean long <laughs> and I think the two elements that I needed for that, I took from aviation. And one is the fact that the first time I soloed, um, so I was by myself in a plane, or actually it wasn't the first time I soloed because the first time I soloed, I was just afraid that I was going to kill myself, <laughs> 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 crash the plane. But the first time I soloed and actually felt comfortable in the airplane, um, I was able to look outside and look down at earth and see that and think, and actually also feel a distance between me and my life on earth, it sounds a bit cheesy, but, um, and being able to have that perspective 
did make me think, okay, you know, we're humans, we are born and we'll die. Mm -hmm. So why can't I think about my life when I'm 75 or 65, you know, God's willing, if I, <laughs> let's hope I survive um, or don't get very ill, I will one day be 75 or 65. Mm -hmm. And what do I want my life to be like? And how does, how do the actions or do the things I do today influence that life when I'm 75? So that was one element. The second element was when you learn how to fly, you really learn how to plan precisely. Because I did, um, I did a presentation for the University of Buffalo um, about the correlation between entrepreneurship and aviation. And one things I covered in that was that it's human nature to not do the things that are tedious and annoying unless they threaten our lives. And with aviation, if you don't plan precisely, so if you don't look at the weather precisely, if you don't interpret external factors precisely, you can kill yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So you make sure you finish that planning and being able to go through that process of, you know, dreadful planning, because, you know, there was an article in the Harvard Business Review that planning precisely can hurt you. <laughs> it's painful. So to be able to go through that um, was a really good experience. And then I tried to put those things together and I made a planning until I was 75 years old and, you know, admittedly, I spent the night with a gin and tonic in my hand because I was a little bit depressed about thinking about yourself when you're 65 because I'm 28 now. So I don't want to think about that, but I think it's essential to plan that far ahead. Mm, yeah. That's what I do and that's how I sort of, and then I work backwards. Mm. So think about, okay, what do I have to do on a daily basis to get where I want to be? Mm. So I think it's pretty cool. You actually like, you plan ahead, but not too precisely for like a margin of error to not be able to like get down if something doesn't go according to plan, right? Yeah, because that's, I mean, that's a big thing as well. And in, um, I actually covered this in the presentation as well. When you make a plan, it doesn't mean that you have to stick to that plan no matter what, right? Because um, actually, you know, I mean, the Kobe Bryant crash, the helicopter crash, the main reason when you look at the NTSB report, the main cause of that crash was plan continuation bias, which means that the pilot had a plan and wasn't able to be a, to divert from that plan. And that's why he crashed. I mean, there were a lot of other reasons. Obviously. Um, and I think Churchill said that as well. He said, you know, plans are of little importance, but planning is essential. So it's not about sticking to that plan. It's about thinking about the possible options and yeah. thinking about, okay, seeing your life in a different perspective mm -hmm. and seeing what could happen and what maybe what do you want your life to be like? Mm. So don't stick to the plan, but make a plan. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And when that plan starts to change and when you know that you have to adapt to do something, what is the, the first thing that you do to adapt to a new situation? Is that something that you see in the moment or is it always the same thing that you do to get back on, on track? Um, I mean, it depends what changes, right? Um, so if things change because, um, you know, pandemic happens, that's, <laughs> that changes things. You have, to, you have to adapt in a different way than, you know, what if you fire someone, right? So um, it depends. Mm, okay. And I'm curious, like, after your trip to Bhutan, did you become, like, super spiritual and all that? Or... Um, Mm, no, I don't no? think so. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm, I can be spiritual and mm -hmm. I really appreciate the, and also I would say looking at Buddhism, I think there are amazing values, right, mm -hmm. that I want to adopt. I don't necessarily, I mean, I, I think there's a big tendency nowadays to be a lot busy with sort of spirituality and mm -hmm. energy and all those things. And I don't think I am, mm -hmm. but I do want to say that I appreciate Buddhism mm -hmm. and I appreciate the values and I think these people are so pure and I think we can take something from that mm -hmm. and also deepen ourselves in that that thought process that mm -hmm. they go through every day mm -hmm. um, so in that extent I don't know if that answers <laughs> yeah kind of I kind of do the same like I'm like all right I look at one thing and I'm like all right this thing could work for me so I take principles from different like maybe religions or other stuff and like make my own religion um i don't know if it's something to say or not but yeah that's yeah. like i still start from I, other people yeah yeah you have to know what works for you i think and you know i come from a quite i'm catholic background so mm -hmm. if i i think eventually if i would go back to any religion it would be that one because i know it and i've been you know my parents gave it to me with love you mm -hmm. know? um but Buddhism and its purity has something um, unique about it. And also, you know, with Anand Bhutan, the products we have, they're blessed in Buddhist temples. So, and even though I'm not a Buddhist, I like to think of that as, you know, those people have dedicated their life to being pure and being um, compassionate. And they infuse those scarves with a certain blessing. So they put their energy into it. And I think, um, I think that's 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 very special yeah definitely mm. and did you see like your vision of success change along the way and along the years since you were not very like business a business person at the beginning so like did you had a, a specific vision of success and now it's like completely different um so when i started um because i started with dance mm -hmm. so my vision was being a, a professional contemporary ballet dancer until mm -hmm. i couldn't do it anymore physically and then turn into choreography mm. and make that my life but obviously that has changed <laughs> that was my vision of success then but my vision of success now yeah it has changed i think my eventual i think how i define success and i've been thinking about this a lot during this past year mm. um, is is freedom you know mm. the eventual goal is freedom mm. and this means financial freedom because i grew up like i said in low-income background mm money was often an issue you know um we were happy but there was always a limit to what we could do and it's not that i want to do crazy things i just don't want to have that worry so that's yeah. one, one part of that success and the other part of freedom is that i'm able to do the creative things and the projects that i'm doing now yeah. without have, having to worry about the financial aspect too so freedom in general i think is uh is just the goal yeah. Mm, yeah. And speaking of freedom, I'm, I've always said that it's when we're most creative, when we feel free, when we feel kind of liberated, that's when we can get these ideas for amazing businesses or new kind of principles. If we have a lot of pressure to complete something, we mm. might feel, we might take that fear as motivation. But do you think that put against freedom, it's better in terms of the ideas that you can get and the kind of creative furnace that you can become? Yeah, I think, you know, putting some pressure on yourself because otherwise it also depends. Look, it depends what your definition of success is, because mm. I also want to say that 
I don't necessarily think that, you know, career for me, it is, you know, a successful career is important, right? Mm -hmm. But for people or for women also to have the idea, or for men <laughs> for that matter, to have the idea that um, their definition of success is being a good mother, right? Mm -hmm. Or raising their kids in a really good way. I think, you know, being a good parent is definitely an example of success and a great example of success because families, you know, you, you guys know divorces happen all the time. If you're focused on being a good parent, I think that's, you know, just as successful. So putting pressure on yourself to be better than you are right now. Yeah, that's, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do you focus on, maybe you have a vision for yourself? Like, yeah, I don't want to like put you in a case with like, all right, um, kids and all that, or you get the cat already. So yeah, do you, you keep this vision of yourself and you try to like go there or how does it work? Um, so I think, you know, those are the end goal thing. Mm -hmm. I don't really, I don't really work with because with when people say, I mean, I, you didn't, didn't use the word end goal, but a lot of people do. Mm. And I think, you know, if that's an end goal, what happens after, right? Yeah. I don't think it has the word end in, in it. It's so, the end. Yeah. <laughs> but because, and then people say, okay, that's my end goal, but what happens after, you know, mm. do you just fall down a cliff? No. So for me, it's more that these individual projects of, mm. or steps are stepping stones, right? Mm -hmm. And they work towards something and that something is always growing. Mm -hmm. And those yeah. things, but I don't necessarily work towards, because it also puts on a lot of pressure on you. If you say, oh, this is my end goal, either you're going to not make it mm -hmm. or because, first of all, it probably, it's very probable that you won't make it because life happens and things change, mm -hmm. right? But also, again, if you do achieve it, what happens then? Mm -hmm. That means that you'll have another end goal, which means that it's not an end goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd like to think more in steps rather than. Yeah, and I think yeah, you have this vision of like freedom and and you fly for pleasure, so it's not necessarily going from point A to point B, but just like fly around and have fun. So yeah, yeah, and and for being able to sort of constantly learn, I think that's mm. important for me too. And um, maybe I'll fly for you know for a job one day and mm. privately, um, I'd like to instruct too, flying too. So. So are you more like focused on growing yourself? And so not necessarily with the end goals and the, the end in mind, but just like keep on becoming a better version of yourself like every day or something like that? Yeah, I think mm -hmm. definitely improving constantly, I think is my uh, main motto in life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and learning, 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 learning constantly. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And, uh, and before we spoke about um, when you went to, I'm sorry for the, for the pronunciation, but Bhutan, I think it is. Yeah, Bhutan. <laughs> Uh, when you went there and then um, and you came back and you wanted to to, to share this this um, or some ideas or even some energy from the east to the west, did you bring with you a process like meditation? Do you do you do something like that? Um, I don't meditate. I do want to go to Bhutan and actually uh, learn it from the source, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. To actually learn it from people who um, do meditation, you know, <laughs> have been doing meditation all their lives. So I think. I would like to do that at the moment I don't um, because I'm just not, I feel like I meditate when I work out. I meditate when I reflect. I meditate when I go to bed. I do breathing exercises, but I don't necessarily want to call it meditation. Yeah, that's a great idea, learning from the source. I think that, I mean, I at least don't do that at all. I find myself just looking at 
things on the internet, <laughs> learning from people who've learned from someone who has learned. But do you yeah, think right. there's still so much, like, that it's still the best thing to learn at the source from the person or from the people who are actually in the practice itself? Yeah, I think, and I think that also translates to a lot of other fields because if, when I want to, you know, when I want to learn things, so for example, I did aerobatics, my first yeah. class in aerobatics, uh, which is acrobatic in an airplane, <laughs> wow. um, a couple of weeks ago, which is really cool. But I was, you know, it was also a search of, okay, who am I going to do this with? And there were cheaper alternatives. Um, but David Windmiller, who's this amazing, you know, he has, he, he's been doing aerobatics since he was 14. He's flown in all the different kinds of airplanes. He's done, he's had, you know, 21 engine failures. He's landed planes on um, highways, on grass fields, on, you know, whatever you can imagine. He has a jet. So if, with that, I thought, you know, if I want to learn, and even though it's going to be a little bit more expensive, I'll work harder, you know. Mm -hmm. But I want to make sure that if I learn, I want to hear it from the person that does it best. Mm -hmm. So that also ties into what you say, you know, if I'm going to be, if I want to learn more about meditation, I want to go to people who, who whose life is, you know, in that, mm. that is, is in the, sorry, you have a really good expression in Dutch, but their life is about meditation. Their life is meditation. And I want to learn from them. Yeah, no, that, 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 that does make so much sense to me, but I find myself kind of taking the easier options, you know, before we spoke of uh, <laughs> price sometimes, you know, it's, it's hard to get to the person who's, who's, in the, who's the best at what they do to teach you something. But do you think that it's worth, let's say, if, uh, if you have to pay um, 300 to get that coaching from the best person ever, or pay 100 to get it from someone who learned from that person, do you think it's better to save up to the 300? Yeah, sure. yeah? Okay. yeah, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't bother with, I mean, okay, I don't want to be crude, but I wouldn't bother going to people who heard it from someone else because yeah. they'll, obviously they'll interpret it in their own way. And if that interpretation is something that you feel drawn to more than the other person, then yeah, I would go for the other person. But if you can, if you can have one lesson with that really good person or three with that sort of average person, yeah. go to you know, go to the, the person that's, you know, best. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's always like, if money was no object, which one would you pick? Like you would pick the best, you know, it's always, yeah. Exactly. And you just, just work harder to get, to get that money, you know? And of course it's not, but nowadays with, you know, with internet, you can go on YouTube and see people speak anyway. So, yeah. you know, you don't, everything is within reach. <laughs> yeah. And but I, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I also think that humans, and that's also something, you know, I, which I knew before, is that humans are very adaptive, right? Mm -hmm. So we tend to have an adaptive nature because we function in group formats. Mm -hmm. And in order to thrive in those group formats, we need to be able to adapt ourselves to it. So, I, and that can happen for better, but also for worse. So mm -hmm. if you surround yourself with people who are self-indulgent and negative and you know bad tempered mm -hmm. even if you're not that way you'll adopt some of those that prince those principles but if you surround yourself with people who are inspiring and stimulating and all those things mm -hmm. you will adopt some of those and i think it's very important you know even when we're talking about having a class of somebody you know the expert in the field or mm -hmm. the semi-expert <laughs> the, or the, the the pupil of the expert in the field you know you want to go to the source yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah
and you do like a lot of fun stuff and you're a business person too. So like, how do you manage all that and how do you balance uh, all your time? You know, I feel like, you know, we're, we're talking to you and I feel like all oh, your life is fun stuff. I'm, I'm like, curious. <laughs> how, do you, how do you balance the work and the like the not so fun stuff with the fun stuff, you know? I mean, okay, but first you have to say what, what is the fun stuff? What in your eyes are the fun stuff? And I mean, like more... I guess yeah, that's a good question. But uh, flying the the acrobatics in the plane yeah. that sounds that does sound fun. That does sound fun, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. No, I think you know there's there are a lot of elements, <laughs> mm -hmm. but even flying, you know, like I said, it's not. If you go look at the theory part of it, it's not. It's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Having all that, you know, being able to pass your exam, it mm. takes so much time to learn all the things you need to learn, to learn about aviation, to learn about engines, which is something that doesn't come natural to me at all. I mean, I never even looked like a, at a car engine, you know, I don't, and I didn't really care about cars or engines mm -hmm. until I saw a plane. I was like, oh yeah, I want to learn this. So it's not all fun. It definitely takes a lot of time for sure. And the way I make time for all of that is just by, you know, working constantly. Mm -hmm. So do you, do you have like a ratio, like, uh, let's say I'm going to work like 10 hours on my business so I can go like an hour doing like some stuff outside or do you just um, like do whatever it's like, whatever feels right? I think generally I'm very bad at planning fun stuff. Because yeah. <laughs> like you said, you know, the reward for me is actually being able to get one step further. So that's mm -hmm. fun stuff. So, um, and I tend to like to work. So, yeah. I mean, it is a challenge, I think, for me to be able to um, schedule uh, not work time. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's tricky because I just, I want to be productive and learning all the time. So mm. um, I think the ratio could be a little bit better, but right now ah. it's my focus is work. So. Mm. Okay. And uh, regarding business, like what was, like, if you have one advice to give to like young people who are just starting, like, what is the the one thing you'd like to leave people with? Um, okay, so the planning is one thing that we talked mm -hmm. about before. Um, plan, but don't plan. <laughs> just <laughs> plan. create the plan and like... <laughs> yeah, go be fluid with the plan, but mm -hmm. be able to plan and be able to look at your life objectively or from a perspective, mm -hmm. like a pilot's perspective, right? Look at it from a distance and think, um, you know, and, and, and try to to work it out. I was working with a friend of mine on planning, planning for her life. <laughs> and we sat over here and I was like, look, what do you want? What do you want in 25 years? Do you, how, how can you get there? And I know it sounds a bit basic, but go to the details, you know, what kind of, yeah, anyway, so long, long story short. But the other element that I want to talk about, which was what I mentioned before is be aware of the fact that we're adaptive human beings. And I think generally people are quite astute at surrounding themselves with um, the right people professionally. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also very important to look at your personal life because those are the people you wake up with, you go to bed with when you're tired, you know, those are the people you look at for um, inspiration and joy and, you know, motivation. Mm -hmm. And if you surround yourself with people that um, don't facilitate your growth or don't want you to grow and, that often doesn't need to happen out of you know malicious intent it can happen because they love you and are fearful of losing you so for example you know friends that 
um, don't want you to grow away from them or boyfriends or girlfriends that don't want you to take s certain kind of steps that are outbound and, you know, away from them mentally. But I think it is very important to know that we're able to choose the people we surround ourselves with. Yeah. Because personally, I think privately people generally think that the people they meet just happen to them, right? It's just yeah. like, oh, I just met and I'm a victim of these circumstances and <laughs> how do I, you know, and oh, I can't let go, but actually you can't, you know, yeah. you can. You can choose who your friends are too. You can choose yeah. who your partner is yeah. and be able to let go of those people if they're not, um, if they're a negative influence on you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I also, sorry, I also want to add that it doesn't mean that these people should all be wildly successful and career oriented, but they should be able to facilitate growth and mm -hmm. be able to grow with you. And even if they don't want to grow, just be able to, you know, give you that energy that you need in order to step into the world and be what you think you should be in life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think like um, people don't have the same risk tolerance, you know, so if you're like, I don't know, like your best friend is somebody who likes to have a job and get the salary, the safety, all that. And you're an entrepreneur who likes to take giant risk. Um, yeah, sometimes they feel like they're trying to protect you. But yeah, the advice is not really good, I guess. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, it's also, I mean, saying that it's also really good to be with people who challenge you and don't uh, just say what you want to hear. Right. Yeah. I think it's some of the people I appreciate most in my life are the people who actually tell me you know, show me the opposite view and then I'll, I'll make my own decision anyways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But to be able to hear that and hear people and know that when you ask people for their advice, they will give it to you frankly, mm -hmm. um, is also very important. So that's what I would say, just, you know, surround yourself with people that want you to grow. Mm -hmm. Awesome, thanks so much. All right, it's promo time for you. So uh, oh. time to promote everything, your podcast, the business, all that. Mm, okay, so first of all, you know, you can follow me on Instagram at Kate Braug. Um, that's always a lot of fun. Um, my podcast is called The Pivotal Moment. So I interview um, inspiring women entrepreneurs and also, again, you know, powerful women. And they speak about their lives and about their successes and their failures. So um, definitely look that up. I'm on Spotify, Apple iTunes, um, a Stitcher. Then uh, my company, Anam Bhutan, which is, you know, blessed scarves from Bhutan, who will also launch teas. Um, and we'll also go to Holland, which is where I'm from. Mm -hmm. um, then if you have a kitty cat, <laughs> um, I have a line of cat scratchers. Um, that's uh, those, it's called Cosmos Own and they're available on Amazon, but also on the website. And uh, what then is if you buy one, but also if you don't buy one, uh, you should sign my petition, which is a petition against decloying. And we're trying to get that, you know, illegalized I know if that's a verb, but illegalized in uh, more states in the United States. So 